On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Racing HQ Punters Postmortem on this Monday. It is the 13th of March. Great that you could be with us. Uh, big thanks to the Big Sports Breakfast team. They'll be back from 5.30 tomorrow morning. And if you missed any of their interviews this morning, you can check out them on podcast, on the Apple Podcast, Spotify or the Sky Racing website. What a weekend of racing it was. Not only in Sydney town where we saw some great performances, but also south of the border and we see... Uh, I, I just this Godolphin machine continue to have a fantastic period. It seems like every weekend we see the Royal Blue uh, just winning these big races and uh, a couple of jockey incidents down there in Melbourne with Jamie Carr and Craig Williams and uh, we see those updates coming through on social media but Dean Holland stepped up and got the new market win there and what about in Sydney? Some of the rides and the performances and I thought that track played perfectly. Espiona. She's probably cost punters a bit in her time, but if you snuck with her and the man of the moment, Michael D, well, you would have got the chocolates on Saturday. Our panel of experts on punters post-mortem this morning, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey, and also David Gately. Ron Duffersey, good morning to you, mate. Uh, great to have you on punters post-mortem this morning. And, well, Espiona got the job done in the big one. And Michael D, isn't he just the man of the moment? Unbelievable, his record at the moment in, in Group 1s. I think it was his 10th Group 1, and I think it's his third in two weeks. And his record with Chris Waller is amazing um, as well. And uh, he's a real go-to lightweight jockey, is he, Australia-wide, and gets the job done. And, well, we're finally getting a, the slipper picture a little bit uh, clearer, Um with barrier draw tomorrow and it's very very important and uh, we had those two big winners on Saturday Shinzo who Ryan Moore's coming out to ride mm. and also Steel City who's put a margin in them in fast time uh, so and then you know it's going to be an all important barrier draw and what looks to be a wide open very good golden slipper and five group ones on the day. Yeah, exactly right. That's going to be a great day next day, uh, next week in Western Sydney there at Rose Hill. We'll take the barrier draw tomorrow at uh, 11 o'clock, I believe, that barrier draw will be. So we'll take that live on Sky Sports Radio because that will be all important. And I think you'll find it'll be Greg Radley, Glenn Munsey, no doubt involved with that barrier draw as well with the latest in market updates. And I'll come to you here, uh, David Gately. Uh, welcome back on this Monday. Uh, you, again, had the best seat in the house there on Sky Racing 1, seeing all the racing across the country, but from a Melbourne perspective, in secret, geez, uh, Dean Holland, um, he was the only option available, and it was a cracking ride. Yeah, look, uh, good morning all. It certainly was. I mean, you know, it turns out with 51 kilos, he was the best horse, so that helps. Um, but he sat on her nice and cold first half, which seems to really suit her style. And despite a really strong speed being set, I mean, even by Group 1 standard, They've gone 5.6 lengths above uh, wow. Group 1 level, so they're really humming along. You know, if you're using all athletes, 14 lengths quicker. So um, there was no loafing, and when you're going along at that speed, what does it do? It brings out the best athletes, basically, um, because they have to sustain speed for longer. And she's run home 33.36 off a really hot speed. Um, so even 
as I say, with that tempo, she's run above group one average um, and then home 12.04 time. Obviously fast. If you're running fast early and fast late, what's going to happen? You're going to run fast time. 182 had them near two lengths above all group one horses. It was an amazing performance, wasn't it? Uh, and James Cummings, that uh, that autumn to remember is just continuing on. Of course, we're going to get to see Animo, the champion, back at Rose Hill on Saturday. And I'll bring you into the uh, the fold here, Glenn. Uh, great to hear your dulcet tones in the nation's capital yesterday with the Black Opal you were hosting there with Graham White on Sky Thoroughbred Central. You'll be back in the chair today for Tab Canberra Cup Day. And, uh, well, it was just great racing on Saturday. And also good racing here as well yesterday. That track played perfectly. Yes, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ron, to Gator, to all the listeners. Yes, it was a great day here in Canberra yesterday. A fantastic effort by uh, Autumn uh, August Bloom there to get the uh, the victory in the Black Opal. The first first starter to ever win the Black Opal and has been going 50 years. Not a bad effort and uh, fancy telling Gay Waterhouse you can't yeah. break records. And well uh, back too, Glenn. I, I remember seeing, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I remember seeing $15 in the all-in market because I think it was duly nommed for a race in Sydney. Uh, it might have been uh, for the Pago Pago, maybe. Or I might have got that wrong. Uh, but I, 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 I clearly it was double figures and good money came for it in that all-in market before final field. Most definitely was $15, Dave. And by the time the final field came out, it went up a $3 chance. Um, uh, in the market. It, it did get out uh, in the market yesterday. got out to around about $4.40 at jump time. Uh, there was, uh, I think it may have even run equal favourite with its stablemate uh, the years, uh, who, who ran second in the race here yesterday. But there was a lot of money for uh, Tiz Invincible. Of course, she was scratched uh, from Saturday uh, to, to run in that race in the Black Opal yesterday, and uh, she finished down the course. But uh, speaking to Michael D after the race, he said uh, she wasn't the best away. Uh, she was a bit sort of, uh, well, not field shy, but she said she wanted to get away from those horses inside her. He said very green, but she is promising. She covered a good deal of ground in the in yeah. the race yesterday. There seemed to be a situation at around about the 800 metres yesterday that uh, I don't know whether the pace slackened that much, but everyone seemed to take off. And while everyone was taking off and, the, and wanted to be forward, Timmy Clark just set back on the winner uh, and just stalked the speed. It was a beautiful ride from Timmy uh, to get the uh, uh, the winner home. But, uh, yeah, and they ran very good time because the other 1,200-metre races on the day, I think, ran 1.10.6 and 1.10.7, and it won 1.10.02. That's a significant difference over 1,200 metres. It certainly is. Uh, let's talk about the Coolmore first stuff. And, by the way, we're going to open the phone line straight away. Thirteen fifty-three fifty-three, and uh, I've got some racing HQ merchandise to our best caller today. So if you've got a, a question for the panel, don't be shy. Give us a call. Thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. Uh, Michael D. We touched on we touched on Espiona uh, Duff. What about the run of this second horse, Pride of Jenny? Because they look like they were going along visually at a good clip here, and you're thinking, well, surely they're going to drop off. But uh, geez, she was tough. Was she ever? It ended up a very much unpaced race late in the day, which uh, was, uh, was pretty evident, I think, um, later on especially. And she um, did all the work up front. I'm still trying to get out over how well she went. They, I must say, they did both come out of the same race in Melbourne. Um, so we've underplayed that. Well, some of us has, but she was well found. Uh, she was well backed all the way through Espiona, and then, and then Prince of Jenny, uh, Pride of Jenny, has run the race of her life. A real gut buster, though. She, she fought it out very, very well. I thought she was unbeatable at the two hundred metre mark. Uh, she's a belter when she loomed after doing no work. Uh, she still run well, and then, 
it just turned out to be a, with the, the how fast. Sometimes you get these real fast races, and these horses their wheels spin, and that was the story with the rest of the pack because they were well, they were a fair way behind the first three. Uh, Hoping your heart was very brave again, and and uh, what do you want to say about the rest of them? It's it's just the the pressure of the race got to them. It's as simple as that. And uh, Espiona, um, just a, a terrific training performance to. Just think it out and say, well, I've got her at a peak. She's got 51. She'll get a good opportunity to do this. And and just uh, she was Johnny on the spot and too good and deserves all accolades. Looking further ahead, Duff, uh, to other races in the carnival. Some of these horses, obviously, this was their grand final. They may pull up. But looking forward, I mean, hope in your heart. Uh, I thought you mentioned her. She was very, very good. Uh, Hinged. What did you make of the run of Hinged? Well, she lost the speed of the race with the big weight. It's as simple as that. The lightweights come into play as uh, with the pressure of the race. And she got a little um, little slower into stride than usual. Most people I would have thought would have had her kicking up in the middle there and finding a midfield position. But she was last with 57 kilos and could not win considering the circumstances. So um, I'd be a little forgiving. She's a better mare than that and maybe... Uh, Look out for her, if she, especially if she gets a bit of jar out of the track in the in, in the near future. But Chris will sort her out. He'll pick the right race for her. But it wasn't her day. It wasn't her day. It was all about the lightweights. What did you make, uh, David Gately, of the uh, the Coolmore Classic? Um, obviously, Espione, you've seen a bit of her down there in Melbourne, and we finally got to see her win in Sydney. And, and uh, Group 1 win, if you don't mind. Uh, look, obviously, uh, really well-weighted. I mean... Uh, even the three-year-old fillies had to give her a kilo and a half, didn't they? So, mm. and these three-year-olds, they keep on winning everything. You know, we've mentioned it again, if you like. Jack and Owen Melbourne beats the ore field, albeit on protest. Cool and Gatter wins a lightning in secret, a new market. Um, so the three-year-olds certainly know the place, and she's a belter, didn't lose by much. But Espiona, just great to see. I mean, I checked through Twitter, I couldn't find... All the baggers um, <laughs> gone a bit quiet there. But, look, she's um, always been an exceptional talent. And what does this stable do? They get them. They get them the best out of them. I mean, look at Very Elegance. Look at Nature Strip and our Espiona. Um, it's just masterful is what it is uh, when you've got a problem child <laughs> but a tremendous talent and athlete. Um, you need a great coach. Um, and I think the, the credit goes to, to this stable. Some of, the, some of the best horsemanship I've seen in the last, uh, from this stable in the last, um, you know, with those horses I outlined. Mm. Munns, uh, what happened with the figures here? Because uh, she, she SP'd $8, so was there a bit of cuddling for her? I mean, it's funny, you know, there's been that mock on her. I guess you can call it, well, can we call it a mock? Because... She started short price favourite in races, and she's burnt punters before. She did win that mannerism where she was what four eighty to four forty on um, the VOP, if you want to call it, or just the SP. But um, I saw that what she was eight to seven fifty back to eight. Is that was that sort of what was her price just hovering around that all day? Oh no, Dave. She she was well supported. She was ten dollars. When we did the preview, she was $10 into $7.50 there at one stage. And uh, I know Ronnie was a little bit surprised by the fact how hard in the market she actually was. Uh, but, you know, she was well supported. Now, now, what do we take out of this with Espiona? We're used to seeing her back in the field and uh, getting to the centre of the track and wanting to lay in. Did she just be assisted by finding the rail? 
on Saturday. The rail was the place to be, but she seemed to relish the fact that, well, she couldn't get any further in than where she was. Um, you know, to, with Michael D making a run along the inside there, uh, and she was just completely different horse than what we'd seen in Sydney in the past. She, she's always been one of those horses that's had a wrap on it, but uh, before Saturday, she hadn't really been able to do it apart from one win at Ramwick. Sometimes we had her down um, as a wet tracker. Well, she won't probably strike a firmer surface than what she struck on Saturday. Mm. Mm. Look, we, 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 maybe we had in our minds last preparation where she was a beaten favourite three times because she was... When you really, it's easy to sit back after a race and make cases for horses, and we all know that, uh, because she was beaten favourite first up. But that was the day where you had to be the the inside was no good. She was beaten a length. She comes out and wins second up, so she's third up off a win in a Group Three. It's only a twelfth start in a race, and uh, we're harsh markers, uh, us punters, uh, because she went from that big preparation uh, to bang, she's straight into the second. Well. Uh, last preparation straight into a group two group two and the invitation and um, she had to she doesn't know what price she is and she had the uh, a few bigger weights there as well and then she um, obviously had the confidence building win with the 58 last time and and dropped seven kilos mm. and, and you tend to find a lot more winners with hindsight than foresight uh, exactly exactly <laughs> And well done to uh, Denise Martin and her team as well. Good to see those colours back winning a big race. Uh, let's talk about to the other group one on the day, the uh, the new market handicap. Uh, we heard from Gator then about uh, In Secret and obviously um, the performance. Visually, what were you when you were watching the screens there at, uh, at Rose Hill Duff? Um, she's a marvel, isn't she? She is a marvel and... Um and talking about training performance, he's, having, he's had a great year, mm. uh, James Cummings. I think it's his best year as far as Group 1s are concerned, with nine or so, I think. Um, look, he, she did her thing at the start again, and she got away with it again. Uh, she's got lucky, but uh, you make your own luck when you've got class, and that's exactly what she's got. So they... Uh, they worked out that her best form might be at 1,200 metres, even though she can run 14. But she's just, well, she's brutal. At, um, she's brutal at 1,200 metres. And Gator explained that um, at the start with the, the, the time that she run. And uh, she is an elite filly and she's going to add a lot of interest. Uh, you know, imagine her, the TJ Smith, her and Giga Kick, who needs a new jockey. Um, it's going to be a bit of a race, that one, and there'll be others snapping at their heels. We haven't, even, you know, that's not even talking about Nature Strip and that, but the two new guns on the scene, In Secret and Giga Kick, come TJ Smith Day, that's going to be an event in itself. It will be a big event. Now, the considering the time that that she has has produced and the performance she's produced, Gator, does that then obviously give merit? Then too, Lofty Strike, who was very seemed to be very good closing late. I wish I win. He was out sort of trying to make his run, and he has made up good ground. So some of these beaten brigade have actually gone pretty exceptional, haven't they? Considering what she seems to have done is pretty much out of the world. Yeah, no, exactly right. So pretty much the first, well, certainly the first three have run above um, Group One level. So they've run better than the history of 1200 meter races at Flemington. Um, you know, for that class, which is the, the top class, the Group 1 class. So that's in secret, Lofty Strike, I wish I win. And, and Private Eye um, wasn't far off at point two of a length, in fact, off that, uh, you know, to, to the level benchmark. But he had 58 kilos. So, um, you know, if you, if you normalise that, I guess, to weight for age, you, you know, he's probably he's done the same thing as well. So 
Um, some exceptional individual performances, no doubt. You can't have one horse in front, generally. I know there's the odd dead heat. But um, Lofty Strike, race fastest time, 11.78. Narrowly from, I wish I went, 11.88. But in secret, she only needed the sixth quickest last 200 to win the race. Um, so visually, it looked like she was, you know, as strong as anything on the line. But, um, yeah, she, she, was, she was stopping, but she'd done her damage, you know. Race quicker, six to the four, quickened into the race beautifully. And as Duff mentioned, they're the, they're the horses that over, they don't really get held up. I don't remember ever seeing the Kyber Diva held up because they just quicken into gaps, the good athletes. Um, so they don't, you know, you can have bad luck, but um, they take bad luck out of it. Munns, uh, I know that uh, you were keeping an eye on Sydney, but just from a, uh, a, a price point of view, um, she was popular all week, wasn't she, in secret? Yeah, but she did get out. Now, whether or not that was something to do with the fact that uh, when Jamie Carr and Craig Williams had that fall uh, and taking nothing away uh, from Dean Holland, but, um, you know, putters get a bit gun-shy when they see, you know, uh, Jamie Carr being replaced by Dean Holland, and she did get out in the market because um, she was favourite in the morning. Uh, I'm just going back to my sheets here. Uh, she was a four dollar forty chance in the morning and was favourite of a I wish I win, and I think you'll, you'll find she she ran closer to six dollars, Dave. Yeah, she paid, she paid six seventy on the tote. So rank and file punters they love their jockeys and they love Jamie Carr and and I think it was the fact that the jockey changed. They, they just got a little bit nervous. They didn't have to because he he, he did a marvellous job. Uh, but uh, that has to be the. Uh, that's why she was very, very easy late and uh, unwanted uh, because of that fact for sure. Just on Jamie Carr, too, a few text the text line saying, you know, do we know how Jamie is going? There was a uh, a tweet that I did see. Um, yeah, Ben Mellon put one out ben, this morning. Yeah, so. And I think that was because it was disgusting overnight. There, 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 there was some. A few organisations saying she had a turnover night and she's critical, and that was on TV this morning as well. And I think that's what forced the issue of Ben pulling, putting out that tweet because yeah. people just love the break stories. And Ambulance they think, chases. Yeah, exactly. That's so yeah. wrong. Yeah. It yeah, is so well, wrong. Ben has put out this morning, and this was an hour ago, a second precautionary scan on Jamie reiterated the results of the initial scan, indicating that there is no swelling, bleeding or fractures. She remains heavily sedated to allow her brain to rest. Doctors will reduce sedation as they see fit. She is in a stable condition. Her family appreciates the love and support during this stressful time. However, their primary focus is on nursing Jamie back to good health. And while we're on the situation of the health of the jockeys, uh, Craig Williams spent the night at home last night. He is going into, I think it's the Epworth Hospital in Melbourne this morning to have an operation on a broken collarbone. He's also got a couple of fractured ribs, a fractured finger. and um, But he's, as Craig Williams always, is in very, very good spirits. Yeah, I, I, we had a similar sort of situation when we had uh, the Leah Kilner uh, fall, uh, and we also had the Alyssa Meredith. We did, fall. yeah. Uh, and the same thing happens. Uh, obviously, you know, people are, are wanting to to get that information as quick as possible. But you had one story going one way, and I think the advice that we gave out uh, on punters post mortem was to be following the. If you're wanting to follow the latest in regards to news on jockeys, I'd be following the. Uh, the Jockeys Association, their official Twitter yeah. page, or your respective jurisdictions, Racing Victoria, Racing New South Wales. Um, whilst it's great that we've got a lot of journalists, you know, that, that are finding news here and there, 
sometimes it's not always right. So um, yeah. I think, yeah, especially when it comes to health of people, just, um, yeah, and, and you're right, Ben did put that out. Um, just on, and I've got a, a text here on the text line, uh, just before we get to our caller, Steve, um, a couple of texts here about Bonner's not chairs. I might get a comment from you, Gator, because uh, he's obviously a, a, a pretty important horse for Matt Smith. Uh, I spoke with Matt last week. That you know, that his ultimate dream would be, I'd love to get him in an Everest. I didn't think he was disgraced at all in that race on uh, on Saturday. No, he ran quite well. I mean, what's yeah. he been two point five lengths in a Group One race? Uh, he was fourth quickest home, twelve seconds flat out of a, a really elite field in fast time, and he pulled up lame. So, look, he's he's certainly made the forgive file as, as any horse uh, will when they pull up lame. So, given all of that, he's probably run really, really well. All right, I'm going to see him hopefully back in Sydney. Very interested to see where they go with Bonner's Notches. Steve's on the line. Good morning, Steve. G'day, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. Uh, what's your question for the panel? Uh, just two quick ones. Um, how good was front page on Saturday, Gator? He ran very, very well, didn't he? I mean, he gave a great sight. I mean, he's running along at that sort of speed. Um, as I said, if he's going five and a half lengths quicker than Group 1 level and only been beaten 2.8 lengths, he's run very well. Yeah, some good judges gave him a really good chance, and um, he ran, you know, really well. Look, there were seven horses in front of him, but given the tempo, he said he's run enormous. Okay, and um, is it me? Is he out? Yeah. In the last at Flemington, or what's going on? Where do we go? Yeah. Where do we get him next? Well, I haven't. I don't know where they're headed, but um, what was that? Was a decent sort of race um, time? Um, you know, useful without anything. Um, over the top on the clock, but it just needed room soon, as simple as that. Got out, uh, hit the line 11.56. Emeritus uh, had, um, he was no slouch, you know, he's beaten home amenable. Um, just pinched a break on, on is it me? I think if you're on the runner-up, you can consider yourself a bit unlucky for sure. Yeah, and so just one more, uh, that what you need, where, where does he go from here? Do we know? He's going to a race. He's going to clash with a really good filly in Benedetta. I'm not sure where the race is or what the race is called, but they're going to crash, uh, clash at the Valley soon. And then I think they want to head to the Arrowfield. So I was, we were chatting to Mardo off, um, on, on Sky One on Saturday, and he referenced before that race what you need was 25 to 1 for an Arrowfield. Um, and I turned to him and said, well, that very much interests me. I think this is an, an exceptional uh, three-year-old. Yeah, very good. Thanks, boys. Thanks for your call, Steve, and you'll go on the draw. Our best caller today will get some Racing HQ uh, merchandise. He did give it a big rap, Mick Price, last week when we spoke with him. Um, you know, I said, like, what's, what's the best for the weekend? And he said, this horse, uh, flying what you need. Um, just on the clock before we get back to Sydney. So it, it was, was it one of the wins of the day for you? Obviously, probably the win for the day was in secret. Um, but what about that performance, Gator? What you need? Yeah, look, I'm all for democracy, um, and uh, in secret, um, on a little little poll, was was a dominant, and and punters tend to gravitate to an outstanding performance in a Group One race, and probably rightly so, given they're our best athletes. What you need, uh, look, he hasn't really had an opportunity here to smash the clock, inverted commas, just because they haven't gone quickly at all. You know, the first 500 up the straight, they've run just under 31 seconds, so um, that's about 10 lengths below. Uh, the three-year-old average. So what they have have done, though, is sprinted home very, very fast. You know, and that's what, um, you know, the really really good athletes will sustain speed for a long time, and that's human or equine. Um, the next level, 
uh, we'll be able to accelerate off a moderate tempo and uh, if you can do both, you're awesome. And what you need did the latter on Saturday. Now, uh, text on the text line here back to Sydney. You're on Punters Postmortem this morning with Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey and David Gately. Uh, Shinzo in the Pago Pago Duff. Obviously very impressive. Another Coolmore horse which will don the colours in the big one. The slipper, of course, they've got learning to fly. And Ryan Moore, who does a, a lot of their riding uh, over there in Ireland and, and Europe, the, the Coolmore team, he will jet in and partner this horse. And I think they're pretty excited about him. Uh, yep, they've been excited about him all the way through. I've never seen so much confidence about a, a colt from the Wallace stable without them putting performance on the board. And they were proven correct on Saturday. And... Some may pull the races apart and say cheese and chalk. The filly is by far the superior performance and that's that's understandable considering she run time and put a margin on them from the front. But considering the pattern of the day, I think it's hard to um, gauge how much uh, more, how many more ticks we should put in front of him as far as he did what other horses couldn't do in the day. He come from last. He didn't run the overall time, but you you still got to stand up and take note, and you think uh, he'll be peaking on the right day on Saturday. I'm not saying no to him uh, because it was a quite a dominant performance. But uh, all in all, um, I get what they're saying with the filly. Uh, she was very dominant, but she has had she's got to have three grand finals. So uh, like the, she would have been trained right up for that blue diamond. I know she didn't have a hard run there. And then she had to peak right up to qualify herself. And she's got to do it again uh, with, uh, within seven weeks in a high-pressure golden slipper. So that won't be easy. It'll be a feather in a cap if she can do it. Um, but she's got racing style and she's obviously got st- substance as well. Yeah, what's happening with the prices here, Glenn? Just, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this tomorrow morning as well before that slipper draw at 11 o'clock and it, it probably will change again once that draw unfolds. But right now, um, okay, well, what's what's the tab's worst way, mate? If, if the race was run right now, what's the tab death riding, so to speak? Cylinder. Cylinder, okay. Mm. So it's the one. Is there Has the money dried up for the filly learning to fly? Um. She hasn't been overly popular, Dave, in the last sort of three or four days. I, I spoke to Ronnie on Saturday, and uh, I, I said these the, the favourites have got to get out in the slipper. And she'll run eight. Leading into Saturday, they were three dollars fifty, I think, and four dollars fifty. Well, that that was far too short because uh, until Saturday we hadn't had a, a two-year-old dominant. Uh, the market now there's five dollars between the top five in the market. Uh, and I still think that the two picks are uh, too short. Mm. Uh, Cylinder's a $4 chance at the moment. Learning to fly is at 5 King's Gambit, who's been sitting at home in his box, is now $7 third favourite. Steel City's an $8 chance. Red Resistance is at $9. And Shinzo's now into 11 Well, um, apart from Shinzo, in a way, the others are all intertwined. Um, you know, you've got Cylinder, King's Gambit, Red Resistance are, are tied in from Cylinder's last two runs. Uh, learning to fly and Steel City, Steel City's first run here. And then you've got, you know, Shinzo for sort of left field in a way uh, coming into the race, you know, by winning on Saturday uh, because Shinzo's, um, he was beaten by Red Resistance, his first run, but then he was in the skyline. Well, that's Corniche. Well, Corniche is not there. 
Um, and the barrier draw, the, the barrier draw is going to be very, very important. It wouldn't be surprising if we had a new favourite after the barrier draw, in my opinion. Okay. Barber was down to trial this morning, but he scratched. Uh, so, and they've got there's got to be decisions made, Dave, because there was four horses went round on Saturday that really didn't excite you uh, that were in the field. Uh, I had them well in the field, and they were in order of where they were qualified, uh, Zulquifar, Fire Lane, Amur, and Remedies. They were all in the slipper field bef- before Saturday. Uh, Remedies was on the, the outskirts, but the others were all safely in the field. So there has to be a decision made there. There's got to be a decision made about exploring. So they could often hold the key to the slipper here because potentially they could have you know, five runners or they might only have two or three. Uh, but we'll know a whole lot more tomorrow morning when acceptances are taken. I think they've only I think they've only got jockeys for they must have did a uh, I think tra- is it Travis Noonan or he does a ring yeah, around. Yeah, I saw I saw that. Yeah, yeah the, a and tweet. I reckon Godolphin only had two uh, two for the jockey. So um, that's indications are in fire lane he had out. Um, I think Zulfa car was out. And uh, so there's, there's a little tail at the end there that uh, you, you might see a, f- a few, if they want, sneak in this field, as, as which is normal. So mm. where are the whole? If we're saying these favourites going to be easy, where are the holes in this market? You know, maybe look. This little platinum jubilee's just been sitting at home minding her own business, and she's twenty-five to one. You know, I'm, I'm not tipping her, but the, the, she's got to be a touch of overs at that price. It's a, it's an intriguing little race. It certainly is. Uh, I, I think the other thing too. I mean, we we saw Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott win the Black Opal here yesterday. What's Gay got? Seven Golden Slippers. Uh, this would have to be one of her most exciting crop of young horses coming through, though. Is is Red Resistance a bit of a forgotten horse? It, it, I can't say forgotten horse, but uh, based on what we saw, you know, his run wasn't too bad against Cylinder, and there, there's always going to be something left in the tank for the big grand final. I think he is. Uh, I'm looking. I've been tipping him all the way through, and I've been looking the last since he ran last. I've been looking for something else, but I don't. I don't know whether I'm going to find it um, until mm. barrier draw. Until barrier draw. And just you tend to lose a little bit of cast when you're beaten. That's yes. right. Yeah. Just some news too from Racing South Wales, not slipper related, but for those that are um, playing the exotics, uh, not the exotics, but the all-in markets, uh, Earl of Tyrone withdrawn from all engagements for the Autumn Racing Carnival after displaying some lameness in the off-four leg. That's a William Haggis runner. So one of the internationals, unfortunately, will be uh, withdrawn. Earl of Tyrone. We won't see it at the Autumn uh, Racing Carnival. That uh, tweet coming out just before 9 o'clock this morning, and I'm sure that uh, all bookmakers will take them out of there. Well, you'd hope they would take them all out of the uh, the all-in markets. Just on the international then, uh, we got to see protagonists go around Duff. Uh, I tell you what, another two metres, and he wouldn't have won. No, but still, he's the one with most improvement mm. to come. Lovely horse, and I didn't think he'd land in the 1-1, and uh, once he'd travelled in the 1-1, he was always going to be in the finish. So, yeah, he, he, he was very good. All those Sydney Cup horses were excellent. Now, look, Zarek may have had a little excuses, only through his own not wanting to flatten out and, and savage the line, but I thought he went excellent. And the market suggested that he would hold his form, and he did. Sunshine Rising loomed up, 
was going to win and just didn't finish right off at the 2,000 metres. And I reckon all those Sydney Cup horses went fantastic. Well, I don't know if Zarek goes to a Sydney Cup, but King Frankel, he just wants further. He just lost the speed second up at 2,000. So I reckon the two miles looking good for him if he gets in it. Stockman was great, considering ridden out of his comfort zone. A night's order, that'll top him off. And look out if he gets a wet track. And there's a little hit and run here, Normandy Bridge. He's a bit of a lad, but um, there, there was indications there that he, he he's, he's not he's not legless. He, he's hopeless. He's not hopeless, which he has been so far in Australia. But an interesting race. Yeah, well, that Sydney Cup market with uh, Earl of Tyrone not there is now nine dollars the field. Yeah. Uh, Glory Days, who we saw uh, up here recently for Kieran Murray and David Eustace, the $9 favourite over Cleveland and Gold Trip at $11. Sir Lucan at 13 Then you've got Allegron, Emissary, High Emotion, King Frankel, King of Dragon, Raise You and Smoke and Romans, all $15 and a stack of them at 26 Now, Gator, I'll come down to you here because we're talking two-year-olds. Well, we were talking two-year-olds before we just had that Earl of Tyrone news. V8. Jeez, he was impressive. I, I'm not sure what was behind him, but uh, he does have a V8, this horse. Yeah, look, he was a really neat win, wasn't he? He's a nice big horse, nice big action, and um, he's done a really good job. Obviously, he dominated that maiden from the front. Uh, when he won it, only start number two, winning the sires, this time ridden off the speed. And um, it was a bit of a messy race, obviously, through to the, uh, the extremities of the fall and a lot of forgive runs. Um, on the clock, though, there was there was some sort of substance. Uh, they pretty much run right on the class average for two-year-olds, 1,400 early speed and overall time. So certainly, um, despite the fact it was a messy race, I, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the first few here who ran really well and, and ran useful time, as I say. Spoke with Tony McAvoy last week at the Albury Cup luncheon and obviously had a big opinion of the horse and said, look... If he does pull up well, we will either target Sydney, we'll come to Sydney, or he is eligible for that, uh, is it the showdown? Um, Gator, the, the big million dollar race, there's a, apparently there's a big million dollar race in Victoria that he could go to as well. So he's going to have, look, he's going to have some options, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, there's probably a pop-up race tomorrow as well. So they could target, there's, there's a lot of them. But there certainly <laughs> is a showdown, um, and it's worth good dosh. So um, I think it's a 1,200, though, so they have to come back to that. But look, he's in good hands, that stable. Mm. He and certainly just, is. Just to make you, your day, Gator, that horse of uh, um, Mick Price and Michael Kent that, that did win on Saturday, uh, this time last week was a $51 chance for the Arrowfield uh, in what you need, we're speaking about. It's now the $4.50 favourite. Wow. Not a surprise given the win, but um, yeah, I would have reacted similarly. Okay. Uh, and then the other text on the text line here, guys, is uh, in relation to the O'Day Hoisted stable. Hi, gents. Just throw the form guide out. Whenever O'Day hoisted, travel a horse to Melbourne. Just back it. We saw it again with Scalapini. Again, just very well placed. And a lovely ride from Damien Lane. Certainly was a good ride, wasn't it, from the draw. Um, but look, that's his style. He either leads or sits outside the leader. And, and if he's rolling along at a good speed, that really suits him. When he's beaten this horse, it's when they try and hold him up and ride him too cute. It just doesn't suit him. But he gave six kilos to second and third and beat them comfortably. For the third time in a row, Flemington 1,400, he's run above 10 lengths um, on overall averages with weight. So, mate, what a ripper. Yeah. And he's now three for three, 1,400 at Flemington. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, Zoo gotcha, Duff. 
Farlap Stakes back in Sydney. It was race six on the card. We got to see Zugotcha uh, finally, um, and she delivered at the short price. Yeah, another Chris Waller masterpiece. Um, uh, I did check the Twitter, and there was plenty of trolls there of this one, uh, saying, why isn't he running in the Coolmore Classic? Well, we can see why. Um, she missed the run when she had the little setback with the temperature. She had a run back, uh, and... Um, she just he wanted to run her in not such a brutal race second up to leave something for the next time so and it worked perfectly she got a love she had a lovely day out there and she's got another peak performance in there and it might be the Doncaster mile um, terrific filly absolutely terrific filly I know I know she you could say why didn't she race away and bolt that race in when she loomed up like she was going to but and I think uh, it was just a lovely day out for her. Um, with still more more to come and another peak performance. Linda Silver was terrific. Uh, obviously, that was no fluke in uh, going from the, the more or less the provincials to a, a group race in Melbourne last time. He was very tough from the front and Brosnan. Well, yeah. he was wide, uh, first horse off the beat, uh, off the bit, and just kept grinding, grinding, grinding away. He's going well that horse, and awesome John is the other one. He, he there's talk of him going to Perth. For the Derby, um, if he does, he'll take some beating. Okay, awesome, John. Um, and just Madame Pomery, a comment, um, Duff. Um, this was texted about. Can you oh, ask up about Madame Pomery? Yeah, I'm very flat with her. I, yeah. I, I, she looks beautiful. There's something. Um, she was just went too good first up to suggest that she's not a good filly, and then the next two runs, she's let down. She has she hasn't gone on with it. So I'll leave it to. Chris to try and work her out, which he can, but uh, yeah, she ex- more was expected on Saturday. Now we've only got Steve. Steve's our only caller so far, so it's a one horse race. He's going to be winning that racing HQ merchandise. We're going to open those phone lines 13 53. We're going to take a quick break. We'll hopefully take some more of your calls. We'll find out uh, who's in the good books, who's in the bad books for the team, and then we'll get some horses to follow. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yes, it is time to continue Punters Postmortem on this Monday. Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey and David Gately, our panel today. Let's get to our next caller on the line, Lenny. G'day, Lenny. G'day, fellas. G'day. Um, I'd like to talk to Mr Munsey, if I may, and just give him a big thank you. Oh, mate, you can talk for as long as you like. We'll go to through to 10.30 this morning just for you. Yeah, good as gold. So I, I got a mystery first four last November, $23,671, which um, I sent a bottle of Grange into Mr. Duffy to pass on to you. I'm not sure whether you've got it yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, saw Duff, Duff, I saw Duff with a uh, decanter the other day. I don't know what was going on. Okay. Yeah. So, But uh, the last in Melbourne on Saturday, I got another mystery first four, another $881 for a $5 mystery. So I just want to say thanks again. Um, for picking the numbers for me. Appreciate it. Mate, any time. Any time. Um, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed, though, for you that it only paid 881 I, I, I well, no, expect... paid, you paid four grand. I picked up 881 for me $5. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. oh well, that's all right then. Yeah, so sweet. yeah no, no, but, very mate, good. But, um, but, but next time, mate, don't send praise. Send cash. <laughs> <laughs> so just another, hey, can I have another quick one? Uh, with the quad, when you put a quaddy on on your tab app, sometimes you get the offer to cash out, sometimes you don't. Is there a reason for that? Uh, well, it depends whether it's working or not, I'd say. Yeah, that's what I did sort of think it might have been, mm. David. No worries. But, um, all right. Well, thank you very much. Something to be in the mail. Beautiful. I'll wait by like the letterbox. 
Well, yeah. there might be uh, something in the mail for you, Sean. You go on the draw to be one of our best callers this morning. Uh, now we've got uh, Steve in the line. He wants to talk Golden Slipper. G'day, Steve. Yeah, g'day, Dave. Yeah, I just want to um, ask Munns, but he's saying that the uh, cylinder's going to get out in the market in the slipper. They're not giving anything away now at $4. I think that's giving you odds for, the, for that race. They should be having to go and get him out to at least $6 now. I can tell you now there'll be a flurry of activity on the slipper tomorrow, straight after the barrier draw. It'll go quiet Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, it'll pick up again on Friday afternoon uh, and then, of course, leading into Saturday. But that, that's what happens every year in the slipper. Tomorrow will be a very, very busy trading day on the slipper. Yeah, but what I'm saying is why don't you have a go now? You're saying it's going to, cylinder's going to get out. Why don't you take it on now? Do what Tim does on the weekend. Take on the favourite. Yeah, well, mate, that, that's the. I, I'm not. I'm not in control of the book. That was many, many years ago. It was my go. Uh, I leave it to others now. I just. I just give an opinion uh, on what price they'll be. It's the same as when Steel City went past the post on Saturday. Uh, it was twenty-one dollars, and I said to Duff, "This will be eight or nine dollars." That was straight after the race. It's now uh, an eight-dollar chance. Do you like it? Do you think you can win? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on Shinzo. I follow the Godolphin stable, but I'm not taking four dollars cylinder. But I've already backed Shinzo at thirteen dollars. On what it did on Saturday, it was most impressive on winning on Saturday. Uh, completely different win to that of Steel City. One horse up on speed, one horse back in the field. But uh, he was a different horse there Saturday. Shinzo may have just been a little bit flat. Second up, uh, and definitely bounced back to be in calculations for the slipper on his win on Saturday. Looks like he's primed for it. But is um, McDonald riding on Saturday? Yes. He is riding. Oh, so he's on cylinder. Yeah, he's riding for cylinder. Sure. Isn't well, that he... appeal today? Uh, no. No, he's got a stay of proceedings. Um... I thought there was an appeal. No, there's appeal today. Appeal today, Glenn, I think. I'll, have to, I'll check the Race New South Wales website. Well, he altered um, the dates of his suspension no, it didn't to work. start after next week, after, after Saturday. Don't think so. All oh, right. Because he was here yesterday. What, like, yeah, we only um, had the one right. He was he was most excited to be down here yesterday for one night. <laughs> Wasn't he wrapped? Yeah. He had the selfie with Graham White and everything. Yeah. Um, he only came down to get a selfie with China. Now, uh, now, I'm just having a look here. Yeah, I'm looking on Racing New South You're looking Wales on racing. You keep looking on Racing New South Wales, Glenn. And uh, what I'll do is we will go to this text on the text line. Um, this one in relation to Duff, the last race, uh, Almania uh, for Gibbons and Lees. What did you make of Almania in the 10th? Uh, can we get a comment from Duff at CC? Uh, just an amazing ride, I thought. I, I wanted to switch to him. Um, uh, and I just the track, the way it was playing, and when the change of tactics come through, they're going to ride him quiet, go back. I thought, oh, no. No way in the world he could win now. And he, and Dylan Gibbons just put an absolute gem in there. And he was just so well placed. He had Saturday form in a benchmark 88. He was back in class with a claim. Another one after the race. Here I am making all the stats for him. Um, yep, he's hit form and he'll hold form. And he's uh, obviously had a lot of injury problems throughout his career. He had two years off, and I think that was his first win in about four years. <laughs> but that doesn't tell the full story. Uh, so, yep, great ride. A talented horse. Stroke of Luck's still got a 
Still got a peak performance left in him, although he had every hope. I think he's ready to win the right race. Beautiful. We've got David on the line now. David, hello to you, mate. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you all? Very good, mate. Just a question on the slipper. Did you say earlier that there's a couple of horses likely to drop out? I was just wondering, in the order of entry, where's our Arkansas kid after like the yesterday's and Saturday's races? He was like 14th or 16th or something. Mate, he's safely yeah. in the field because before Saturday he was 11th and he has Shinzo and um, Steel City go ahead of it. So I've got him 13th. Okay. Well, what was that on? Because I've been looking and the last updates for like order of entry on the different websites was like the 23rd of February, whatever. So what, what website do you go to to get the latest uh, well, I have my own, so. Uh, but the, oh, uh, there was one put out by the ATC on Saturday night. Uh, whether or not that's up on their website, I don't know. Uh, but the the order of entry that was put out by the ATC on Saturday night, which uh, had Arkansas Kid as seventeenth in order of entry, but above it. You had to take out Corniche, you had to take out Infatuation, and you had to take out the Instructor. So that made it 14th. All right, and then yesterday's race didn't do anything? Uh, no. it wasn't. Uh, the winner wasn't even nominated for the slipper. Okay, and one other question, Mira, Mira Master. Just wondering if you know that's going to the, the Grosel Guineas on Saturday or not. Or if you could wind out. What horse, sorry? So, Mirror Master, it's trained in Melbourne. Uh, okay. While you do that, Munns, there is an article here on the Race New South Wales website, Duff, uh, and mm. putters. Race New South Wales stewards have exe- um, acceded uh, to an application from jockey James McDonald to amend the dates of the careless riding suspension he occurred at yesterday's Kensington track race meeting so that he can fulfil riding commitments pending the hearing of an appeal against the severity of the penalty imposed by stewards. Accordingly, the revised dates for the six-meeting suspension will commence on Tuesday the 14th of March and expire on Friday the 24th of March on which day he may ride. Yeah, so he's out for the slipper. So he's stage. out for the slipper unless he gets yeah. So he's out for the slipper unless he gets that appeal, which I presume is today. I'm surprised we haven't had a text from Chris Roots or Ray Thomas. They're always listening. Um, well, sure the National Willer inquiry is today. Is today? Uh, they usually do them together, don't they? I'm fairly sure that's what well, Chris was one, mentioning no, last week. No, one is week. a stewards inquiry, which involves all of the stewards, and the appeal goes to the appeals panel. The appeals panel, right? Which is a different group of people. Because he's only appealing against the severity because he pled guilty. So he's only appealing the severity of the suspension. He's hoping to get a couple of days knocked off it, evidently. Yeah. And, and technically, uh, so does that, that, that takes him out of, did that, does that take him out of the Hong Kong derby as well? Or he's back for that? Yeah. Because it's well, Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he needs, yeah, he needs. And jockeys have to be put on for the slipper tomorrow. And it's big because he's got some big Group One rides, and Adam, uh, yep, yep, and you've got no, you know, the replacements are going to be tough. Dean Holland, yeah. yes, exactly. Might yeah, if we can get a good price, yeah. Now, um, but let's get some horses to follow, gents, because it is nine fifty-eight. We've got two previews coming up. Um, horses to follow from Saturday. 
Mr. Duffersey. A couple of uh, Peter and Paul's two-year-olds. Godzilla, lovely horse, uh, wasn't ready. Um, look out for him champion over the championships. He's a beauty. And she, this is more next preparation because I heard she's going for a spell. Uh, she could be a black pearl, this. Um, August Bloom, lovely filly. Um, think she's got a huge future. Uh, she's be well, she'll be well looked after. And, um, yep, I'll go with her. And awesome John. Uh, if, if he does head on that tact to the Perth Derby, I'd suggest he might be too good for him. If. Mate, don't go in back him until you hear he is going, but if you hear he's getting on the plane, you, you'd uh, want to be on him. David Gailey, what are your horses to follow? Yeah, look, I've gone with uh, Moya Lass. She was seven million to one on Saturday at Flemington, but she was shuffled back, hit the line really nicely. There's a win in her soon. Uh, Zay Rec was terrific. I thought fourteen to two thousand second up, coming wide against the pattern, just missed. Uh, but who needs a ten thousand dollar quaddy anyway? And uh. um, was difficult to miss. She's probably the run of the day. And Munns, your horse to follow. Um, definitely Brosnan, Dave. Uh, I thought he was very, very game. And he won me over on Saturday, uh, just belying his first up run. I want to stay with him. Well, Wall. He went much better, didn't he? Yeah. Outstanding, boys. Uh, now, uh, Punters Post brought him back next Monday. The barrier draw for the Golden Slipper tomorrow, live at 11 o'clock on Sky Thoroughbred Central. We will simulcast that on Sky Sports Radio tomorrow. Greg Radley hosting that, no doubt. Uh, I think Ray Thomas involved and Glenn New will be there as well because we'll have a market update straight on the back of it. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to Slipper Week, boys. And away from, obviously, the Slipper, we've got, uh, what, the big racing unfolding. We'll have the... Uh, nominations out a little bit later on, won't we, for some of these other big races on the program. We've got the Slipper, the Rider, the Galaxy, the Ramvit, as you said, uh, the Rose Hill Guineas, the Birthday Card, the Epona. It continues. And also, uh, I think south of the border, we've got some not bad racing from the Valley to complement that meeting, don't we, where we've got uh, the All-Star Mile. Yeah. So, I mean, look... I know it's a situation where we get good racing in two states and jockeys have got to make decisions and, what, and whatnot, but for the punter at home, you'll be able to just sit there and uh, and punt and enjoy yourself and watch some bloody good horses go around. I think that's the best thing. We do have one more. Um, no, he's gone. We were going to get Mitch on the line, but I think he's, uh, he's disappeared. He had to get back to work. Boys, thanks so much for being a part of the show. I reckon our best caller, who do you reckon our best caller was? Uh, you're in charge today, Dave. David. I'm going to say David. Dave was our best caller. You will be receiving the Racing HQ hat and also stubby holder. Have a great day. Enjoy the Adelaide Cup and the Canberra Cup today, gents. Yeah, any chance if you're coming down to say good day, Dave? You know, you know, you're there all day yesterday. You didn't move yourself out of the function upstairs. You know, <laughs> come down to see the workers. You know, battling the heat and everything. Now, hang any on. chance to say good day today? Now, you know what it's like when you host these functions. You host that National Jockeys Trust function all the time. At Ramwick, you know that you get stuck there. You know you've got to make sure the room's in, in good order. So, you know what was really good, though, uh, Munns, just on that? 7,280 is what I'm being told was through the gate here yesterday. That is a modern-day record for a black opal. So many young people here yesterday. Um, and you know what, obviously, uh, I loved as well? Obviously, uh, a lot of young guys, a lot of young girls. The girls were out the front having a, a, a vino, enjoying the races, enjoying the sun. 
All the boys were in the betting ring out the back. And uh, just from talking to not only a couple of the bookies that were standing here yesterday, but also uh, just from looking at you know some of the figures from the tab and talking to the club, sensational turnover. So I think it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, really, yeah, plenty really of them day. come up to say good day yesterday, Dave, and not one of them asked where you were. That's, and that's, you know, that's perfect, mate. That is perfect. Suits me. I can just fly under the radar. Have a good day, gentlemen. Looking forward to both those cups today. You'll catch them all live on Sky Sports Radio. The boys will be back next Monday.